Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. In this episode, Louis Cameron is in Hobart to chat to Manus Labashain, one day out from the fifth and final Ashes Test Match, to discuss his battle with Mark Wood, Cummins the captain, spending hours at the Kookaburra Bat Factory, and much more. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Louis Cameron. I'm speaking to Manus Labushain ahead of the fifth Ashes Test in Hobart. Manus, thanks very much for joining us. Hobart's not a place you, you come to that often for international cricket. I don't know if you've played any international cricket here. How are you, um, how are you finding it? Um, uh, look, I, I, I really enjoy coming down to Hobart. Um, although there hasn't been much international cricket here, um, I've played plenty of Shield cricket and um, and Big Bash and, and sort of List A cricket um, here. Um, so, yeah, it's going to make for a very exciting week. What are your memories from, from Shield cricket here, Manus? Yeah, well, from a Queensland perspective, we've got really good memories here. Um, I, I don't know if we've actually lost at this ground um, in Shield um, in Shield cricket. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as a team, Queensland, we've traditionally played quite well here. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's going to be a bit different um, uh, with a pink ball test match. Um, you know, it's going to add a different, um, yeah, different variable to the game. It will add a different variable to the game, and I'm interested in how um, how the pitches are played here in Hobart. I know a lot of the guys say that it's often quite tough for batting, but um, you know others say that you know it can it can really flatten out and and get quite um, quite good for batting on days two, two and three, and and even on the last day. Do you expect more of the same, or do you think sometimes Test pitches can be a little bit different to how they play in the Shield? Yeah, well, once again, I think pitches the, the pitches here. Is- have been have been yeah very different and also you know uh, we've played games here where um, you know your you, your first inning score might be somewhere around 150 even even less 120 um, and then you know we've chased 420 um, here before in a in a day and a bit. Um, so yeah, it just it just there's so many variables. I think at times it can flatten out. Um, in the after, uh, sorry, in days two and three and four, um, I'm here. But um, obviously the first innings traditionally um has been quite tough. Four hundred and twenty in a shield game on the final final day. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago we chased uh, four twenty, and I think last year we would have chased three eighty. Yeah, right. I noticed. Um, I noticed having a quick look through the stats that you made a ninety-six here early in your career as well. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, that was. That was a while ago now. Um, yeah, I think James Faulkner nicked me off, caught behind. Thinking about the Adelaide Test, mate. We've already played obviously a pink ball in, in this series. You, you're a man of the match there in in that game. What do you take out of that at all? Uh, I mean, do you take some confidence out of that, given you you're a man of the match in that game and and you you batted quite well. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, 
um, having played one pink ball test and, and was able to score some runs is always gives you confidence going into to the next match. Um, you know, when you play pink ball, there, there's, there's a few more variables. Um, the ball tends to seem a little bit more. There's obviously a little bit more that night session where it can swing and seem a little bit more depending on conditions. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all, um, yeah, sort of how this, you know, there hasn't been a pink ball game here yet, um, or at least for a, for a very long time. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, the Hobart with the Hobart wicket characteristics um, sort of adapt to the pink ball game. Manus, the um, we're coming off the Sydney Test, which was uh, which was a fascinating one for us all to watch. I, I know that's one year you would have liked to have won, but um, it, it was interesting hearing Pat talk about it and suggest that. I mean, he he kind of used the word fun to describe that final day. Um, yeah, I guess take us back to the final day, and, and was it fun for you? Oh, look, you know, whenever whenever matches finish um, the last hour of the last day, and you know at least two of the three results are in, in play, it makes it very exciting. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really enjoyable to be out there. Um, you know, they're, they're one of the few times that you really love fielding at short leg. Um, you know, batters are trying to block it out and, um, you know, you're in there trying to get a, a little pop-up catch or, or something. Um, so, yeah, that part's very exciting. Obviously disappointing not to, not to win that game and... Um, but I think you know England showed some really good fight. They 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 better well. I mean, it was it's a very it was a um you know, obviously having Jimmy and Brody out there blocking it out. Yeah, very good for the game and for Test cricket to see um you know a final day finish like that. Uh, Steve Smith was I guess throwing the ball at the end there. Did did you want the ball at the end? Um. Yeah, um, look, it, it was a bit of a toss-up. There was sort of a bit of a team debate um, if, it, if it should have been Smithy or I. Um, but, I mean, I, I looked at Smudge and, and he had that look in his eye. He really wanted it. And, and I said, well, if he wants it, give it to him. Like, I mean, I think um, the rough wasn't that big. Mm. So, um, considering there was only 12 balls going to be bowled from that end, um, Smithy can be probably a bit more accurate. Um, so we just thought, well, it's not a big piece of rough, so if Smithy can just land one or two in there. Um, and at the end of it, he actually got it on the outside edge, which is um, which was which was good. Um, yeah. So oh, look, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a gamble, and it it, it sort of paid off. Uh, I mean, um, there'll be other times where where we go to me, obviously being a little bit quicker and, mm. and, and throw it into the rough, but. Um, yeah, that was one where we we had a smithy, and it was uh, yeah, it was the rock hall. It was uh, it was really interesting, I guess, seeing that how the day unfolded. Um, you know, with balls going past the outside edge, and you know, obviously, a, a day five pitch kind of brings that. Um, I wanted to ask you about, I guess, the reviews and and how that process is working under under the new skipper. Does he listen to you when uh, when you think you hear a noise? No, look, uh, I mean, uh, the, those guys are front on to the ball, right? So they're the They've got the noise and the and the visual, um, you know, being a cover or point. Um, I've got no, I've got no insight of how close the ball is to the bat. All I have is noise and timing. Um, and on the one that we reviewed, um, I mean, the reason we reviewed it is because there's about seven people that went up. 
um, and everyone thought the noise and the timings were good. Um, and I think the main people that, you know, that, that, that need to be involved in that process is, is the likes of, you know, potentially the slips cordon, but obviously Alex Carey and obviously Pat was bowling at the time. So, and Pat, um, yeah, so uh, look, yeah, it, it, it's been a little bit of a, um, a comical, you know, view obviously, cause, cause I, cause I appeal, but like I said, I only appeal because I heard a noise. Um, I'm not doing it to try and sort of stand out or do something that's out of the ordinary. Um, I heard a noise and I, I sort of went up and, you know, with that one particular one, um, no one else went up and, and that's how it goes sometimes. Um, and obviously we didn't review that because Pat exactly said, mate, he missed that by a fair way. And I said, I'm perfect. I, I can't see that. All I can go off is noise. Well, it, it must be bloody hard and it must be frustrating when you, you get people kind of telling you about it because, you know, we, we're watching on TV or, or watching at the ground and, and seeing the replays and, you know, it's easy for us to just go, oh, yeah, well, you know, he clearly missed that. But out there in the heat of battle, um, I imagine it's not that easy, right? Oh, I mean, so certainly not. You know, if you're standing at, you know, second or, or, or first or keeper, you know, you've obviously got the noise matching up with the you know the gap between bat bat and ball um but you know when you're a cover you don't have that and you know if i hear a noise um yeah i kind of don't wait for everyone to appeal you know i, I appeal because i thought it was bat now sometimes yeah it looked a bit silly and you know i've got a little bit of heat for for sort of um appealing but at the end of the day you know your job is to ask the question of the umpire that's it you got to ask the question and um, you know, it's not my fault that everyone gets to watch it 400 times on super slow-mo and see that the, you know, it missed the, you know, it, he missed the ball by a, a ball's width. Um, you know, my job is just to play the game out there and um, that's, that's what I always try and do. We definitely don't want to dampen the enthusiasm, mate. I do have to ask about the other one. So I imagine that's the, the one you're talking about there is the, the Jack Leach one off... Um... Was that Scotty Boland, that one? Um, and then there was another one where Joss Butler, where you were the only one appealing. Um, they didn't review that one. That, that, I mean, that you must have seen the funny side of that one, I suppose. Well, look, I mean, you, you see the funny side. I mean, the thing is, that's why there's a process, right? Um, because I heard the noise and Pat straight away and Alex both said, no, there was there was gap between Bat and Pat, uh, Bat and Ball, and... And that was the end of that, right? And that's and that coming back to the original question is mm. that's why you have a really good process like we do to negate, you know, reviewing a decision like that where he misses it by a, a fair way. No, it makes sense. Thinking generally about how Pat's gone about things, Manus, um, and I'm not just talking about reviews here, but just in, in general, how is he different to Tim as a test skipper? Um I mean, the, the, the thing I found straight away is the biggest difference is um, trying to find him, you know, when you're bowling. Um, there, there was a decision that we sort of appealed for. Um, and, you know, I'm so used to walking straight down the wicket because Tim's keeping and talking to Tim, you know, what do you reckon? Um, and obviously now t Tim's not there and, and we've got Alex, but also you're trying to find the skipper who's like, you know, so you're appealing, walking this way, and then you're turning around trying to find where Pat is um, and you know if you know if Pat's if Pat's 
you know, and you're trying to almost, you know, sell the appeal to, to Pat, where I think traditionally when the wicketkeeper's been the captain, um, you don't need to sell it as much um, if the because he's got, obviously, like I said before, he's got all those variables, the line, um, you know, he, he, he knows if there's if it's pad bat or bat pad or whatever. How about in terms of how he how he leads the team and what he says to you guys before you go out the field and what he says to you before a test match? Um, is, is he much different in that regard? Um, yeah, look, probably, yeah, just I think he's just really trusting everyone to do their own job. There's not much talk. There's not, you know, it, it, it's a lot. Um, you know, everyone's here for a reason and we all got our skills and let's just execute our skills. And, um, yeah, we've, he's been he's been really good and clear on his communication. Um, yeah, so it's been really good so far. Did you see, I've got to ask you, Usma Khawaj is someone you've, you've played a lot of test cricket with, uh, sorry, a lot of first-class cricket with and, and now a bit of test cricket as, as well. Um, did you think that he had two centuries in him in Sydney? Mate, it, the way he's been batting um, the last... Um, yeah, probably since we played in Adelaide um, and he got that 100 in Adelaide in Shield Cricket. Um, mate, he's been back well, and I said it from the start, um, you know, when Usman Khawaja is playing that pull shot, he's, you know, one of the best players. Um, and and I think we saw when he pulled the woody off his nose in that first innings, um, yeah, that's a really good indicator um, when he's batting uh, really well. To score 200s in, in, in a test, um you know, where we're, we're I'll probably consider that to be uh, a tougher SEG batting wicket than, than that has been previously. Um, and sort of both times us being in a little bit of trouble um, and, and coming out and, and, and just, yeah, consolidating, you know, showing his different tempos, the way he plays spin. Uh, it, was just, it was just great to watch. Um, and, yeah, I was really happy for him the way he played as well. How would he go opening if he had to do it in Hobart? But he's at that stage in his career. It doesn't really matter where you put him. Um, he knows his game. He's a really good lever of the ball. I think we've seen that um, playing probably the last 10 years or maybe just a bit less, eight, nine years. Um, at Queensland, you, you sort of learn to, to leave the ball well at the Gabba, um, especially in shield cricket. And, um, you know, he's got that skill down pat. He's leaving the ball beautifully. Um and like I said, when he's leaving the ball beautifully and he's pulling well, um, it becomes a really tough bowler to um, batter to bowl to. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I don't really think it matter where he bats. Um, uh, he's going to do a very good job. For you personally, Manus, um, facing up to Mark Wood, I, I know you know this might not be something you you want to dwell on heaps. He has gotten you in the in the last three innings, but. It looked like a really fascinating battle between um, the two of you in the last test, and it looked like you almost changed how you you faced up to to him in particular a little bit. Can you explain if I'm right, first of all, and you know why you might have done that? Uh, yeah, um, look, I won't explain too much. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, um, there's reasons why why I've done certain things, but mate, I, I love the battle. Um, I think I think. Um, Joe Root was signalling to Mark Wood on the field, uh, mate, you're bowling next end, and, and Woody wasn't uh, watching. Um, and I, I sort of said, Woody, you're on, mate. Um, and he sort of had a bit of a giggle um, because, yeah, obviously Joe Root was signalling to him and he wasn't um, he wasn't watching. Um, but I'm loving the battle. 
um, I think that's what makes cricket good. I think Davies talked about that battle between him and Stuart Broad, but it, one, it's great to watch, and two, it's great to be a part of because you're trying to work out ways to to negate their best ball. You're trying to work out ways to score runs. You're trying to work out ways to to get the upper hand. And, and, and look, that's what I sort of did that second innings. Um, just trying to get myself in a position, um, yeah, to 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 sort of change what what line and what length Mark Woods Woods bowling, and yeah, so that was sort of the the change of trigger there, and, and trying to get a little bit further across. Um, I won't sort of delve into it um, too much more now, but um, yeah, certainly after the test, we can talk more about um, you know my thoughts around what, why I'm doing it, but yeah, it, um, certainly just to, to negate that, that, that angle that he does um, coming from so wide of the crease. I'll be fascinated to hear the, um, the full story after the series. What I, what I will ask though is why did you tell him that, um, that Root wanted him to bowl? Oh, look, cause, cause I love the contest, right? Um, <laughs> I, I think, and obviously he was going to bowl anyway, regardless of what I said. Um, <laughs> You know, Root was just signal, hand signaling for about 40 seconds and he was just not not really watching. I sort of just said, Woody, uh, you're on, mate. Um, so, uh, and he's a great character. We've had some really good chats um, just, just in and around the hotel. And, and uh, yeah, oh, look, I love the battle. Um, yeah, and if he's playing tomorrow, um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see that battle go again. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like he, he probably will play tomorrow. It, it's an interesting one. I just uh, are you surprised? Given, I mean, that Adelaide test, right? He, he didn't play when you when you made the hundred. I'm not saying you just made the hundred because he didn't play, but you kind of if they're playing him for three tests now at the back end, are you kind of surprised they didn't play him three tests in a row when the series was live? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so easy to say in hindsight, right? Because I thought we played him really well in in Brisbane. Um, and he probably didn't have the impact they were looking for uh, in Brisbane. And then obviously you go to Adelaide and, you know, it's traditional pink ball, it seems a fair bit. So you, you probably go the other way and go, okay, well, we're just going to play our seam bowlers mm. um, because, you know, this is just my thinking of potentially what they were thinking. But, mm. you know, then they're thinking, well, MCG traditionally is a little bit flatter, so we'll play him there. And we, we probably need him for the SCG for the extra pace on a slightly docile wicket. Mm. Um, and then obviously, you know, the last game is, you know, you, you, you try and play your, your, your best attack for the conditions. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's easy to say, um, you yeah, know, similar to the, to the Jack Leach decision, right? Um, you know, you, you, you come to Adelaide and, you know, you expect it to seem around, um, you know, traditionally it's spun a little bit on day one and two, but, um, you know, because we put a bit of pressure on Leachy in that first game, um, you know, that sort of influenced their decision. And I think that's part of the ashes, right? That's part of the the theatre, the, mm. the actual game is, well, you know, the, the things as an opposition you can do to the team to influence their selection, um, their actual play on the field, their play off the field. That's what it's about. It's a, it's a contest of everything. Mm. Um, and, you know, Potentially early on, we we got the upper hand. Um, obviously, not having to have played Leachy at the Adelaide Oval, where it spun a bit. But I think these are things that's easy to say in hindsight. Yeah, and it's it's the kind of really interesting byplay that you get in a in a longer Test series. You know, given that you don't play five Test series that often. Manus, I want to ask you a little bit about. Um, it's a really big 
year or so coming up. I, I know, um, you know, I know it always seems big, but um, you know, you got the Pakistan tour coming up. There's you know Sri Lanka as well, and um, and then you know a T20 World Cup um, for the all format guys. When you look at the next eighteen months, what are th- is there one particular tour or series that you've really got you know pencil circled in, in the calendar that you you know really want to play well in? Um, I'm going to play well in all of them. Um, I knew you'd say but, that. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I want to play all of them. I want to score runs um, away. Um, you know, obviously, I've played a, a fair bit of cricket at home, um, and you know, I've had some good success. Um, you know, at home, but I, look, I really want to. Uh, show that I can, I can do it away from home. Um, so obviously Pakistan um, away is going to be an awesome series. Um, you know Pakistan have some some really good fast bowlers um, that you know that we played potentially when they were a little bit younger and now they're a bit more experienced. Um, it's going to make for a fascinating contest. Um, and then obviously Sri Lanka, you know that there's there's a lot of tough spinning conditions coming up. You know, I think we've got India in 2023 um, early. So, yeah, that's another series that, you know, we always talk about winning away in India is, is massive. Um, and I think, you know, as the Australian team, we're really, we're really watching that one closely and, and making sure that, you know, all these series that we're playing ahead, uh, we can take some really good learnings from and, and, and take that into to make sure we've got our best foot forward, um, you know, against India in... 2023 um yeah so pr- probably you know that all, all the subcontinent subcontinent tours coming up um and then obviously the ashes in 2023 as well yeah is another series where you're like wow you know that's another one we talked about it in in 2019 but you know going away and and winning in england is massive um and you know we should have done it last time we should have walked away there with a um, a three-one or a a two-one, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we we let it slip out of our fingers there at the oval. Yeah, I think uh, probably looking at that. Um, yeah, Pakistan and in the immediate future, Pakistan, um, and and probably India, the two really big ones you want to do well in. You mentioned there the Ashes 2019. You, you think a little bit about that from time to time. Like, does that that sting a little bit in terms of you know? Obviously, you retain the Ashes, but yeah, didn't, not winning it stings. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very frustrated um, from a personal perspective um, and from a from a team perspective because I thought we were the better team for too much of that series to walk away with two all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and England might see it slightly differently, but from an Australian side where, I mean, we dominated Edge Baston. We went and held on at Lords, and then we dominated Headingley for four and a half days and Ben Stokes played the best test innings ever and took it away from us um, there to make it to make it one all. And then we came back from probably where no one ever thought we'd come back from and, and won at Old Trafford. Um, and then, yeah, you know, to, to, to let it slip through the fingers there at the Oval, not to put our best foot forward um, on that day one. Um, put us on the back foot and then, you know, England capitalised. But um, I think that's that's the thing, disappointment and, um, and you know, losing uh, certainly makes you tougher and, and, and makes you better for the next time. 
I could I could ask you questions for a podcast for a, about the 2019 Ashes for hours, mate. So um, I'll leave it at that for now, and, and maybe leave that um, for future. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about um, the and thinking ahead, the limited overs side of things. There's a T20 World Cup coming up. There's there's an IPL coming up. Um, have you got either of those two things on your um, on your radar? Look, um, I've said it a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly want to be playing in the IPL at some stage. Um, you know, testing my skills and and and, and um, in the best competition. On the other side, um, yeah, you know, I, I certainly want to be playing in the World Cup. I said it last time. I want to be. I want to be in Australia's. Um, you know, all three formats. Um, yeah, that's my goal. Um, um, and you know, I've got to make the most of the the small opportunities that I get in the limited overs. Uh, in limited overs cricket, you know, if it's playing a few games, a big bash here and there. Um, and you know, even in, in limited overs cricket, one day cricket, I'm making sure that I continue to to perform really well there, and 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 sort of use that as my pathway into that T20 side. But um, like I said, there's got to be positions available, and and I got to make sure that um, you know, that's an area of my game that I continue to improve. Yeah. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you one more. Um, a teammate of yours, I won't say who, um, told me that um, he asked me to to ask you this that you might have spent eight hours at a kookaburra bat factory in the lead into Boxing Day. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So I got there at, um, uh, what time I got? Got there at seven. I got there at seven and left at three. I thought he put um, a bit of mayo on this for sure. Right. That's no, a, no, that's no, a full no, day. No, yeah. it was, no, it was, no, it was actually, yeah, I, probably, I got back home at three. Um, yeah, just obviously as the first time I was, um, first time I've been to the factory since, um, 2019 I reckon or even 20 maybe yeah just early 2020 um and you know I usually go to the factory a lot and pick my bats out and and, and feel and make sure they're perfect um so you know to get the opportunity to go to the factory um just before boxing day uh, I wasn't going to miss out you know obviously picked all my bats um you know Lockie and I the bat maker shaved the bats um, got them the right way got the handles right, um, sticking them up. Yeah, that that did all the rest. So um yeah, it was it was a it was a long afternoon. Um uh, but for me, um oh I love it. I could have been there all day. It wouldn't have made a difference to me. Uh, um but yeah, I think that, you know, I care a lot about my trade and yeah. uh, about the tools I use. Um so I always try and make sure I I um I get it right when I get the opportunity to go down there. Well, I imagine most guys just kind of go in there, you know, have have a look at a few sticks, and kind of they're out out of there within the hour. But you you were really in there for the for the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I I love it. I, you know, I, I don't try and when I get the opportunity to go, um, I try and make the most of it. So um, yeah, I think we went through we went through a lot of cricket bats, looked through a lot of boxes of bats. Um, so it's always something I enjoyed, something I enjoyed since I was a kid and nothing's changed. No, it's, uh, it's great to see. Um, we, uh, we love having you on the um, Unplayable Podcast, Manus. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us and good luck in the Hobart Test, mate. Thank you very much, Lou. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.